Welcome to church. I'm Peter. And I'm Dade. We're both Sunlight Kids leaders here at Calvary. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love to get to know you and answer any questions you might have. Simply text HELLO to 587-323-1199 and we'll reply right back. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the service. The changes brought by COVID-19 have been difficult. Our lives changed overnight as everything shut down. We were forced to deal with isolation in a way we've never experienced. Suddenly, in the midst of the darkness, God showed up, like he always does. Turning fear into faith, quarantine into connecting, and downtime into precious time. Relationships were strengthened unexpectedly. And another thing changed. People all over the world, including our friends, neighbors, co-workers, and families, became more open than ever before to hearing the gospel of hope. The pandemic shook us, but it did not crush us. We shared good times and bad times virtually. We realized what is truly important in this world, each other. The church rose up to help those in need and to be the hands and feet of Jesus during this difficult time. We found out we are stronger together. As life returns to normal and things reopen, we'll never forget how important our relationships are and the value of spending time with loved ones in person. As we're able to gather again face to face, think of every person in your life, at every age and every stage. They're waiting on an invitation to church from you. Because in every way that God connects us, we are stronger together, now more than ever. So good morning to everyone on this kind of blustery Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Pastor Doug, and I want to welcome everyone who's here in person, here in the auditorium, in the balcony. Yay, balcony! Woo, yeah. Um, and if you're watching online, we're so happy you could, you could join us online as well. Um, especially if it's your first time with us, first time here in person, or, or first time watching uh, us online. We're so glad to have you with us. And if you are watching online, we'd love for you to comment or get in a discussion with one of our hosts. That's one of the, uh, the cool things that you can do. So please join in. Uh, we'd love to pray with you if you have prayer requests and stuff as well. So we're so glad that everyone could be with us today. Um, well, I'm the Canadian half of a half Canadian, half American household. And our cross-border marriage has a lot of cultural things in common. Um, but some things like Thanksgiving are, are just a little bit different. So I thought we'd watch a short little video explaining that this morning. Hey, neighbor. Oh, hi, America. Something smells good. Uh, that's probably the turkey. Turkey? It's a bit early, don't you think? Um, not really. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Nice try, neighbor. Thanksgiving's not until November. In Canada, it's in October. Really? Really. Huh. 
Canadian Thanksgiving. We just call it Thanksgiving. Then when's Canadian Halloween? October 31st, same as you guys. So your Christmas is in November. Weird. No, it's when do you guys celebrate New Year's? What? Um, January 1st, same as you. Man, I never understood the metric system. It's not the... Is your Thanksgiving dinner provided to you by the government? You know, as part of your universal health care? Um, no. So it doesn't cover everything. Listen, Thanksgiving in Canada is just like Thanksgiving in the United States. It's a time for friends and family to get together and eat some food and be thankful for all the good stuff. Huh. You don't say. We have plenty. Do you want to come over? That's mighty neighborly of you. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> so you all have candied yams with marshmallows as well? No, that's gross. Sorry. Fair enough. Isn't it, uh, isn't it more fun to laugh together than just laughing by yourself? Um, so although today is the last of our Stronger Together series, uh, from the first five chapters of Ephesians, next week we'll be starting our series that's going to lead up to the Christmas season entitled Unseen Things. And it'll focus on the topic of spiritual warfare and the armor of God from the last chapter, chapter six of Ephesians. And you really, really don't wanna miss this very, very important series. So Pastor OJ kicks it off next week. And as a staff, and I, I know you as well, we've all been experiencing a lot of a feeling of spiritual darkness and spiritual warfare in, in the middle of this pandemic. And while there is a real uh, physical virus out there, we also feel that there's an even stronger unseen spiritual attack and spiritual influence behind uh, it that has threatened individuals and families and institutions. And how many of you would agree that you've kind of felt a darkness behind this whole pandemic thing. That's right. So we need to understand these unseen things, these spiritual enemies and these attacks that we face. And more importantly, we need to know how to stand against them, stand against them for our families, stand against them for our church. So please make sure you don't miss it. And as we've gone through our Stronger Together series, we've definitely seen the benefits of being intentional. And, and when it comes to being a part of community that loves God and, and loves each other and cares for each other and, and then shares that love with the world all around us. So over the past four weeks, uh, we started out with Pastor OJ using the cool Lego examples of how we're joined and fitted together as individual pieces and how Jesus came to bring peace into our lives by destroying the walls that divide us and making the way for us to be connected to God and one another. And therefore, together we find peace. And in week two, I shared examples from the Princess Bride and we learned that God's incredible, indescribable, inconceivable love is meant to be shared and experienced together as community. So together we experience love. And then in week three, Pastor Bev had this really cool, powerful illustration of these trees that all shared the same root system. And we saw that we're all on a journey 
journey together as followers of Jesus and encouraging and supporting each other, discovering the, the greater purpose and calling of God in our own lives as individuals and as a church community as well, resulting in the fact that together we grow stronger. And then last week, Pastor OJ took us back to Mr. OJ, or Mr. OJ's life, Mr. Rogers' life, and showed us that we, when we each walk in the way of love and kindness in the ordinary places of life where God has placed each one of us, that together we can impact our world. And so these last four weeks have shown us that in all these ways, we are stronger together and how we can be an influence on the world around us. That's why I want to encourage you. I want to encourage each of you that's here this morning or each of you that's watching online. I want to encourage you not to slip back, but to keep engaging. Of course, we'd love to see your beautiful faces in person, or at least the top half of your faces in person. But if you're not comfortable doing that, we also want you to engage online. And we wanna make sure that you're not isolated and that you're not alone and that you're not social distancing your hearts. Because that is where the enemy loves to have us. That's where he wants us so he can pick people off that are by themselves and on their own. So the title of my sermon this morning is Together We Give Thanks, You're Richer Than You Think. How many of you have heard the slogan before, you're richer than you think? Okay, as a matter of fact, since its origin in 2006, it has become the most recognized tagline among Canadian banks and financial institutions. As well, it's become one of the most instantly recognized advertising slogans, period, in all of Canada, with over 85% of Canadians having heard it and are able to recall it. But it's kind of interesting, the slogan itself came under a lot of attack, especially and ridicule during the 2008-2009 recession, with people actually booing it and throwing popcorn and sometimes even pop at the movie screens when it was played before movies in theaters. And it also spawned several funny spoofs, including this one that reads as follows. Responding to pressure from truth in advertising advocacy groups, a Scotiabank spokesperson announced a modification to its long-standing marketing slogan. It has been brought to our attention that the phase, you're richer than you think, is not entirely accurate. When we approved the slogan, we totally forgot about this one guy who owes us a lot of money, like I'm talking 60 grand here. When this individual was contacted in his parents' basement, he seemed unaware that he was that far in debt. And he said in response, wow, it looks like it's time for me to get a new credit card. This has prompted Scotiabank to reword the slogan, be nice to your parents, they're richer than you think. <laughs> or for tax avoiders out there, the slogan has been renamed, 
you're richer than the government thinks. So the message has evolved from one that emphasized people making the most of the money that they still have to the concept that a richer life means something beyond money and personal wealth and beyond financial and material gains and material things. And recently the focus has been on the richness of life experiences and how real wealth itself is found in our relationships and the moments that define our relationships. And that is what is really resonating with people. And if the phrase had been around in Paul the Apostle's day, I believe that he wholeheartedly would have agreed with it, but from a little different perspective. So this morning we're going to touch on the riches that we have in Christ as individuals, as the church. Not a building, but as a community, you and I together as Christ followers. And what better time to think about these riches and be thankful for them than at Thanksgiving. So if we see these from a perspective, a perspective and a, an attitude of gratitude and give thanks together, we truly will be richer than we think. So over the last week, we have just, or last few weeks, we've just barely scratched the surface of the book of Ephesians. It is such a deep and significant book that some scholars have named it the Grand Canyon of the Bible because it's so deep and so wide. And the city of Ephesus itself was a very cosmopolitan city. And it was also full of trade and extremely rich and prosperous, but it was full of many different religions and beliefs as well. It was religiously a lot like Rome and commercially a lot like New York City. But it could be so distracting that Jesus warned the church of Ephesus in Revelation not to be distracted by these false riches and not to leave their first love, which was their love for God, and then in turn, their love for each other. That is one of the reasons Paul focuses on true riches. So let's look at Ephesians chapter one, verse one. It says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. There's some evidence among scholars that the words in Ephesus were not originally included and that this letter may have actually circulated among several of the churches in Asia because it was so significant and so important. As a matter of fact, the entire book of Ephesians is about the church. Again, not the building, but a community of believers who are stronger together when they are in unity. So verse two says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Paul sums up the entire work of Christ on the cross in these two words. So the first thing we see is we've been given grace. Grace is the offer 
that was offered to us, the once and all demonstration of God's great and rich love to us. All of this, everything he did on the cross, everything he did through his resurrection is packed into this little word, grace. How much richer are we in life because of God's grace? We are infinitely and eternally richer. The second thing we've been given is peace. And peace is the result of us accepting by faith God's actions, God's offer, God's gift of grace. The result is that there's peace in our hearts between us and God and between each of us who are Christ followers, no matter who we are. Did you know there are many, many, and and some may be watching this morning, who are materially rich, but yet they live tormented lives and they would trade anything, anything for a moment's peace. And yet we have, we have the richness of God's peace as a direct byproduct of his grace. The richness of his peace doesn't cost us a cent. So Paul takes all of the incredible riches we have received in Christ and puts them into these two words, grace and peace. Verse three says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. It doesn't say with some or one or two or a few. It says with every spiritual blessing. God hasn't held anything back for you or I. He hasn't held anything back for people watching online today. Paul purposely stresses the heavenly realms to point out that these are eternal blessings because if you remember, He lived in this prosperous city. And in that city, they worshiped the goddess Artemis. And much of their prosperity came from the selling of idols. And much of their prosperity came from their idol worship. So Paul purposely points out that these eternal blessings come from Jesus Christ only. And if you remember in the book of Acts, when Paul was in Ephesus, These spiritual riches that he had, these incredible spiritual gifts of signs and wonders were so prominently on display and people were being miraculously healed and miraculously set free from demonic possession that it actually upset the whole commerce around the, the goddess Artemis. It actually affected it so much that the city was in an uproar. And it also reminds me of the revival that was started in eastern Kentucky. The Oxycontin, hillbilly heroin, painkiller addiction capital of the US. When a Baptist and a Pentecostal church came together in unity to pray 
for revival and they saw many drug addicts and many drug dealers come to Christ, the heavenly realm and its eternal blessings invaded the earthly realm and people's lives were changed for eternity. Sure enough, we see that the reason for all these spiritual blessings is because of our unity with Christ and our unity with each other, with one another. Last week, Pastor OJ said that the Lord is attracted to unity. The strength of we brings a powerful blessing on people's lives. We are truly stronger together. From even before the creation of time, God was looking, looking everywhere for a family of people to love, for a community to love and to bless and have relationship with, and to pour out his riches, richest blessings on. That family, that group of people, that community is the church. Again, not a building, but you and I, Christ followers from every background, every nationality, every skin color, together in unity. Ephesians 1 later on says that God raised Jesus from the dead and placed him in heavenly places specifically for the church. And then Ephesians 4 goes on to show how God gave heavenly gifts just to the church. So together as a church, we give thanks because of the rich gifts we've been given. Verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So some of you growing up, some of us growing up, maybe you suffered the embarrassment of being the last person picked for the team. Or maybe you grew up with parents that didn't plan on you and that you were an accident or you were a mistake and you've lived with this your entire life. But did you know that God says that you were not an accident or a mistake? Before he even made the world, he did plan you and he loved you and he did pick you as his first pick on his team. And guess what? It was completely, completely a free gift. We were chosen in Christ because of what Christ did. We can't take any credit for us. There was nothing that we did to earn God's love. There was nothing we could have done to have God love us more, and there's nothing we could have done to have God love us less. We're so grateful today for the riches of his free gift of love that he chooses us, that he chooses me, that he chooses you. And then Paul says, because of Christ, God not only cho chose us, but he saw us holy and without blame. 
I remember a time when my brother and myself were teenagers and my parents were gone and he had a friend over and the two of them really started to bug me, really started to annoy me and get on my nerves. And I got so angry that I chased them downstairs and they ran into the family room and they slammed the door shut and they, both of them were on one side of the door trying to keep it closed and I was on the other side of the door trying to push it open and get to them and then bang, all of a sudden the door broke off the hinges. And I knew it was their fault. The blame was theirs. But when my parents came home, they didn't see it that way. They said it was my fault. I should have known better. I should take the blame. However, God sees us without blame, without fault, no matter what we've done because of Christ's incredible, rich gift of love and grace for us. Who wouldn't want that gift? You know, so many people are burdened with guilt or shame or rejection. And you might be watching this morning, you might be here in person, and you may blame yourselves or have others blame you. What price would people pay to not have that shame? Christ paid the price of his life so that we could have that invaluable gift. Verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure, great pleasure. The fourth point is we were adopted and the imagery associated with this is so powerful. There's a picture I want to paint in your minds this morning, which I hope brings this point home so strongly. So think of a lineup of slaves that you've seen in a movie or you've seen in a picture. They're usually dirty in chains with tattered clothes and, and trying to cover themselves and their heads are usually bowed in shame and they've been beaten or maybe bruised or bloodied or malnourished or scared with no hope for the future. And then picture the new owner choosing them and not only choosing them, but purchasing them, and instead of continuing, what they expect is going to be that brutal treatment. He adopts them into his own family, and not only adopts them, but he makes them equal to his own children with all the rights and all the privileges despite their shame despite their dirtiness, despite the chains. Can you imagine their shock and surprise? Can you imagine their gratefulness? This is the picture here when it says that God has adopted us, adopted you and adopted me. Did you know that in Roman law, in Roman law, adopted children had every single right and privilege of biological children, even 
if they had been slaves. Even if they've been slaves. Wow, who could put a price on that? Verse six and seven says, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. The fifth benefit that we have this morning is our freedom was purchased. Paul summarizes that because God was so rich in kindness and grace that he wanted to share his riches with us who were slaves. He wanted it so bad that he purchased our freedom with the very blood of Jesus which was poured out when he willingly died on the cross for us. The thought referred to here is the word redemption. Redemption, that means that a slave or a captive, you or I are set free because a ransom or price has been paid that that slave or captive, that you or I could never pay ourselves. Can you imagine the feeling a slave would have had to have been purchased only to immediately be set free. Our our freedom was purchased because of God's great love and because of Christ's total sacrifice. How rich, how thankful are we today because of the gift of redemption we've been given. The sixth One is our sins were forgiven. Forgiveness means releasing a person from what binds them. It stems from a verb meaning to send away. When God deals with our sin, it is literally sent away to never, to never be remembered again. People have literally spent millions of dollars to try and cover up their crimes, cover up their sin, and deal with the unrelenting guilt and unrelenting shame that plagues them day and night, and yet no amount of riches could ever, ever erase them. It was said of Howard Hughes, North America's first billionaire, that he acted as if if he owned the entire world. Yet, in the end, his billions could not purchase God's forgiveness. How rich are we that God's forgiveness was purchased for us and that he will forgive us and send our sins away, never to be remembered again. These are six incredible riches that we've been given that people spend their whole lives and much of their resources to try and achieve, and yet they have been provided to you and to me free of charge, with no cost to ourselves, 
so that we can afford them and receive them. Let us never take them for granted. So the worship team can go ahead and come on up. So I want to encourage you this long weekend, I want to encourage you to slow down and enjoy moments of gratitude. I want you to think about everything that has been provided for us, the riches that have been given to us, the fact alone that we live in the country that we live in and the things we take for granted. I want us to think about it. I want us to to think of those things because it is so powerful. However, far too often the frantic place, the frantic pace of life robs us of our gratitudes. It steals the small moments of joy that are all around us because we're running from here to there and we're answering this text or we're writing this email and we're constantly aware of our to-do lists that never seem to end. This weekend, I want us to purposely stop and purposely reflect. Don't wait for the outcome to be grateful. The other trap we fall into is waiting for the outcome of a situation before we're grateful. If I get the new job, if God answers that prayer, if the circumstances turn out favorably for me, if I feel it, then I'll be grateful. No, no, God is at work in every circumstance and they all work together as Romans tells us so that we can have joy and gratitude no matter what. A recent study from Indiana University showed the powerful effect that gratitude has on the brain. It took hundreds of test subjects who were struggling mentally and had them write gratitude letters to as many people as they could think of who they were grateful to. And the effects, although they weren't instantaneous, were absolutely outstanding. Their conclusion was that we often spend so much time and energy pursuing the things that we don't have, but overwhelmingly, gratitude reverses our priorities, changes the priority from me to we, and causes us to appreciate the people around us and the things that we do. I'm not a big country music fan, I'll just let you know, but I found this amazing quote from Garth Brooks that says, you aren't wealthy until you have something money can't buy. This morning, Jesus has provided for us what money cannot buy. And what an amazing weekend to give thanks together for what Christ has done for us because we truly are richer than we think. Just before the worship 
team sings one last song, I want you, anyone here in person or anyone watching online, I want to give you the chance to pray with me this morning. This morning we've looked at what true riches are. And it reminded me of what Jesus said when he said, what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer at the cost of your own life? That may be you here in person, maybe you watching online this morning. You may have spent much of your life pursuing riches or success or peace or trying to cover your sins and guilt and shame and failure. This morning, Jesus is offering you all of his eternal riches for free. It's absolutely priceless. So I'm going to pray out loud. I'd invite everyone to stand with me right now. And I'm going to pray out loud, and you might say, well, Pastor Doug, why do you always have us pray out loud? Because you know what? You may be that one person that has never, ever talked to God before. And if the person beside you is talking to God, you may feel that much more comfortable. Or if you're at home and you've never talked to God before, what an incredible opportunity just to talk. You don't have to get out on your steps and shout it to the neighborhood. You're just talking with God. So I want you to repeat after me this morning. Jesus, thank you for your amazing gifts of grace and peace. Thank you for dying for my sins and shame. Thank you for adopting me into your family. I'm sorry for my sins. Please come into my life. I choose you. Wow. You've just talked with God. It's pretty simple. And he's offering you a fresh start this morning. If you prayed that for the first time, we'd love to hear about it and walk with you on this new journey. You can text LIFE to 587-323-1199, or you could call our office, or you can just come to the front, talk to us in person, or if you're watching online, engage with one of our hosts online. Tell them what you've done. If you have questions, just engage with them. They're waiting to talk with you and pray with you. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or if you need assistance, don't hesitate to contact the church office. You can find more information on our website, and as always, you can join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. on our Facebook and YouTube page or at calvarycommunity.ca live. We'll see you next week.